right, it's the Jim Eskimen podcast already. I can't believe it. And we've got a special guest again. We're making a habit of this, folks, because, uh, well, it's impress me season, as you can tell by looking out your window and seeing all those things that look like other things that they're not, but really look like them. We've got writer, director, creative genius Ben Shelton is here at the Jim Eskimen Studios here in Tarzana. Week two of 13 weeks of all new episodes have impressed me. That's right. So we're, we're pimping the show big time. And uh, we've got episode two is going to show tomorrow night. That's Wednesday. Tonight. The, yeah, Wait. tonight. I'm sorry. It's tonight. tonight. Exactly. Come on. Jim, exactly. we went tonight. over this. That's right. What night is it? It is. I, it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Wednesday night. Big Wednesday. Every Wednesday. And yeah, last week obviously was the premiere, and which was pretty fun. That was pretty fun to have, right? That was so much fun. I put it up. I put a little clip. Did you see on you, on Facebook? Yeah. Or YouTube? Or yeah. Whatever. You face Facebook. We Tube had a face. premiere party. I'm going to start a website called Tube Face. You should. That's, yeah, we had a great party with about 40 or so people from the show. Cast and crew. Wonderful cast, wonderful crew. And what I thought um, was wonderful is that we had so many people over there that had nothing to do with the first episode, mm-hmm. and yet they were there to support the mm-hmm. show. And and I think that's kind of, if I was going to tell people, uh, you know, something about the show is that, you know, it, it keeps growing and it gets bigger. You know, you start at this first episode that you introduce your character and Ross's character, your family, uh, these impression, this world of impression jobs that come out of nowhere with radio. And we go places with it. By the time you get to episode six, there's the world has expanded with more uh, guest stars and, and more reoccurring characters. Our series regulars expands all the way through the end of the season, and there's so much kind of to to reach out for. I mean, in tonight's episode, we get introduced to Dana DiLorenzo's character mm-hmm. uh, for the first time, and uh, uh, Piat's character. Am I right? Am yeah, I right? We yes, Piat. Yeah, we see Piat. We see Diane uh, Tamara Meskimen's Absolutely. character. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, first things first. Last week's episode. I just want to say that. Um, I mean. It, it's it's so cool seeing it all come together, and it was what I thought was lovely was how much of that was I was reminded about how some of that is taken from your real life, your actual stage show. Mm. We oh, have yes. some clips there. Yes, um, we also have clips from the original uh, sizzle reel that <laughs> we that we pitched to Soul Pancake, mm-hmm. and obviously the scenes with Becca Pruitt mm-hmm. um, are from the original. But one thing, one kind of, if people are listening to this podcast and want kind of an extra nugget, the the deleted scene is one of my favorites, is the actual scene that shows why you'd want to quit doing impressions. And I want to release it online mm. uh, somehow mm-hmm. or put it in a future episode or something. But uh, in the sizzle, we had you, your character, Jim, auditions for a dramatic role, mm-hmm. a serious dramatic role. That's right. And he, audi- he does the audition dramatically. It's wonderful. And then uh, the casting director says, you know, hey, can you do – you're the impression guy, right? Yeah. Can you do the role as Robert De Niro? And you're like, no, that would be completely inappropriate to do. You do it anyway. And he's like, oh, great. Can you do it as Christopher Walken? You do it. Inappropriate. That's great. Can you do it as, you know, X, X, all these people? And in the sizzle, what I love is that at the end of the day, you're like, yeah, so I do it as all these people. I felt good about it. Uh, I get a call from my agent when I leave the audition, and uh, they gave it to Christopher Walken. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I do it as Christopher Walken. I get replaced with Christopher Walken. And I just, there's definitely a place for that in our show, and, I, and I, I'm sad it's not in it, you know, but I guess that, you know, I guess the show's good enough without it. It, it seems to play well. 
People like it. Yeah, you gotta. It's, that's killing your darlings, I guess, right there. Yeah, no, yeah. and we and the and, but the, that's such a thing. I think people yeah. need to know is that there's so much great stuff. The first another question I've been asked recently this week is how much is scripted versus improv. Right. Yeah. That's something that always comes up, and yeah. and and I have to say the show is scripted. Uh, I mean, 100%. The show is like the story scripted, the scenes are scripted, what happens, everything is scripted. The what I love to give you guys um, leeway on is obviously the impressions. Mm-hmm. If I say that Jack Nicholson says something, I don't want to say exactly what he says because even no matter what I say, you would rewrite it in a way that only Jack Nicholson would say. Ross would do it. Only Matthew McConaughey would say. And so. Uh, you know, there's certain things like that that I don't need to write. And, but then obviously um, the Tom Brokaw, Sylvester Stallone stuff, we have so much deleted stuff of that mm-hmm. that you guys were and just it, riffing. And it should be deleted, yeah. Absolutely. No, it should not. That's what I'm saying. It should not. I think it's so wonderful. But talk to me about that because that, initially what I was saying is like if I write something, is there a character that you all of a sudden think if for De Niro or Jack Nicholson or someone where – where if I wrote something, you would say, how do you approach changing uh, a line I, I would give you to, oh, De Niro would only say it like that? Is there any specific examples you can say, oh, he, he likes to do this? Yeah, yeah, Jack absolutely. Likes like, to do this? like, well, like you wrote, you wrote uh, a Woody Allen thing for oh, episode yeah. one. Yeah. And I took it and I, I, I don't even remember what happened to yeah. it. it it's, it's gone with the wind because, and you were made it very clear that you deferred to my judgment and experience on it. And, you know, you basically took a swing at it and I went, okay, that's good. Now here's how I would do it. And that's the one we went with because yeah. I've been doing it for so long, but it's funny. It's, it's really interesting, Ben. And it's, it's just like basic acting, I guess. Uh, it's, which you know very well, it's like stage acting. You have to take on this character. And when you do, you kind of know, how they would express themselves. Yeah. So in a stage play, the words are all there. If it's not, and you just go, well, it's this character. And if you know this character well enough, then the words come out in a way that, that helps to support who that person is. So I've been doing that for quite a while and writing material as these people, so, especially Woody Allen. It's very easy for me to, I mean, I, obviously not approaching how, how brilliantly funny he is, but I can certainly evoke enough the, for a bit for the Woody Allen character for the, you know the Woody Allen character that's got a you know very particular way for the word particular you know is one that you would always use you know and in certain words you know like a <laughs> homicidal maniac you know things like multi-syllabic see words, now I just want to have a, a podcast with yeah. Woody Allen yeah. that's just you know my whole next hour Woody is you know, it's terrific you know he's marvelous to, to look at his old material and now as a filmmaker Ben you must have obviously studied the work of, of Woody Allen a lot because this is sort of a sensibility although there's no New Yorker in you you know particularly no, definitely not but but no I, I mean it's just gives me chills Woody Woody is a huge influence I think in most any comedic writer and directors nowadays um and for me absolutely um the the but it's so interesting what you i i love that what you just said about becoming the character because i was talking to melissa Villasenor about that too mm, is yeah, that she does it. it's not you're not it's not just a voice like if someone gave you a voice and said hey yeah. imitate this voice sure you could but you don't know but, the viewpoint yeah. but yeah but then if yeah, they said all the time if yeah. they said improvise as, as this voice and i need to know more you, yeah <laughs> I need, I need more clues. Yeah. yeah. So, well, like like Jack Nicholson, I've been imitating Jack since uh, I was about seventeen to make my friends laugh. That's yeah. A, that's a hell of a long time ago. <laughs> so I've seen umpteen uh, Jack Nicholson movies, and I've seen them on YouTube, and so I can 
sort of, uh, uh, you know, choose the same vocabulary, if you will, or the same rhythms, you know. Although, if you put me side by side with Jack Nicholson, you go, well, there's the Impressionist, and well, there's the real no. guy. But, you know, anyway, I, I get what you're saying. It's, it, and Melissa does that beautifully. Uh, and, and Dame Edna is another person who has yeah. created this character. She has a completely different way of expressing herself yeah. than Barry Humphreys, the great Barry Humphreys, who, who, who performs her. And and for him, it's a separation out to a completely different person, yeah. a completely different personality. And I understand that. I love that. It's That's part of the fun. In fact, I was driving along in my car today, and I had some bit of bad news. You know, I was all lined up to do a job, and it was going to pay a lot of money. Oh. And then what happened was that job went away. And, I, you know, I recognized that I was disappointed but I knew that this is this is how it goes, you know, because sometimes your ship comes in and sometimes it doesn't. There you go. And for some reason, I just felt like I could express myself in that kind. Totally yeah. know. And yeah. I don't know somebody I heard on the radio, and I'm like, wow, I totally. I think the thing that makes that's different about Ross and me and, and Melissa and Dana and, and these people that do it habitually, yeah, is that we can glean a personality very quickly. We can absorb yeah. something very quickly, and because uh, we have to. I mean, we drill it all the time. And just by being with someone really quickly or hearing somebody quickly, we kind of go, oh, okay, I kind of get it. I can kind of enter that world. Yeah. I don't have anything between me and that other person's universe. So I'm going to dip in there, look around, and then come out and go, yeah, that's right. That's, I'll tell you what it's like on that side. This is a fellow who's very, very, he's an honest kind of guy. You know, and then you can make that quick adjustment. And, but, and the fact that that can be seen, again, going back to episode one with Sylvester Stallone and Tom Brokaw, in your guys, without any hair, makeup, prosthetics, the way you guys are walking around, the way uh, <laughs> Ross is walking around carrying that stick, Ugh, yeah. and the way Tom Brokaw—I mean, your shoulders are uh, back, back, and right. and you're and you're you look like you're wearing a suit even though you aren't. You know, it's just like that that embodiment of character is is really interesting because it is it is not it is more than doing a voice and and, and even though and and i think a lot of you know you'll see voice actors i i, I love um in uh coming up in, in a later episode we see your character in in the booth yeah. doing voices and while you're in there i mean you can see your physicality and and obviously people can youtube a lot of great voice actors and seeing them recording voices and seeing how their whole body uh, becomes you know uh, part of the character and part of the performance right and so i i think that that was great um specifically uh in Tonight's episode, mm -hmm. tonight, episode two, Wednesday night. I can't wait. That's, that's 10.30 tonight. 9.30 Central. And some, except DirecTV, I think, even carries the 7.30 feed on the East Coast. So oh, no really? matter where you are, oh, check 10.30, check 7.30, check 9.30, just find Pop <laughs> and put it on Pop. Um, so, But in tonight's episode, there's an opening bit that I think they, they released a sneak peek online of the interrogation. Oh, yeah. And I just wanted to let people know that that interrogation ultimately – almost was the entire show i don't know if you remember this well, no i do I it was, I was your at the initial pitch yeah it right was part, it was part of the initial pitch it was yeah we had a couple of things but i, I looked at the i have the original notes you have the, yeah and i was looking at it this little and i actually don't know who wrote it all wrote it all well, up nice uh, for soul pancake i guess but that was one and there was another one about us doing substitutions for celebrities yeah which we did also in episode one the um, so that did survive yeah so the so the but that could have been the whole show and that would have been pretty dreary explain yeah explaining yeah. more there's a scene in the opening of tonight's episode where uh jim and ross are interrogating a young woman played by 
Jim's daughter, Taylor Muskiman, mm-hmm. and they're inter- interrogating her. Uh, we don't find out what it's for until the end of the scene, but they're interrogating her as characters, as Joe Pesci, as Detective Tommy Lee Jones. Jason Statham. Yeah, all yeah. these great, like, you know, kind of uh, characters that would be kind of hardcore, you know, uh, interrogation cops. And um, George W. Bush. And some not, exactly. <laughs> not so not so tough. <laughs> and some not, not so, so tough. rugged. <laughs> um, but uh, it's a wonderfully funny scene, and we shot it, you know, kind of uh, dramatic light with a dolly and everything. But anyway, the when we first were together, Jim, Ross, and myself saying, let's do something together. And Jim and Ross wanted to do some impressions, and I wanted to do something, but I really didn't have anything yet. Jim had written the first initial kind of, this is an interrogation scene. And remember, Piat was going to be the person that was going to be interrogated. Oh, that was your initial pitch. Yeah, that's right. And, um, that's right. and I just, it, it, was a, it was a nice little sketch, but I really wanted to do something non-sketch. Uh-huh. And so as we talked, we found out that, no, the show is going to be about Jim and Ross struggling between being impressionist and not. But I'm so glad that this is already in, and I'd love to just give people that backstory, that, yeah. that this idea was initially your idea that then we rewrote and added different characters and obviously oh. tons of improv. It's such a collage, this but, show, because yeah. of the way it's evolved. And that was definitely, that's a piece that's, that was absorbed by the yeah. larger piece. And, and the fact that what I love about it is that Piat was supposed to be interrogated, yeah. ends up Piat yeah. is directing the scene. <laughs> you know? So yeah. I love how that's I can't wait for people to meet Piat and, and really enjoy his, his oh my thing. Gosh. It's such a great thing. I just it, love the way his characters develop, and, and he's magnificent. And my favorite thing is in the in this episode tonight, when we first introduced Piat, your 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 first thing about him is he's Piat. He's some YouTuber. You know, we yeah. decided to help him out. Yeah, that's right. You're above Piat yeah. in the very beginning, that's and right. I don't want to give it away, but it's it's a great way to kind of just say, oh, this is Piat. He's a YouTuber. It's yeah. a eh, no spreads big deal. Himself, spreads himself a little thin. A little thin, right? exactly. Yeah, and. And uh, <laughs> you guys have, have bigger <laughs> dreams, and, and Piat's just kind of a guy you're helping out, and then we kind of see what happens. Well, he's just one of the many impressionists that we have on the show that people are going to fall in love with, so that's really cool. So that's tonight, 1030, uh, 9.30 Central, or, or any other time that it happens to be, depending on your cable provider, which you can look up easily at uh, www.poptv.com. That's where you find out where your station is. We really want you to watch the show. You know, check it out. And uh, there's a lot of entertainment out there, a lot of ways for you to spend your minutes. But I think, don't you, Ben, that they'll have I, a really good time and they won't. I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm biased or not, but it might be my favorite show on TV right now. I don't think I don't it's think not. That's not biased. I just really it's enjoy just watching psychosis. the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, you know what? I also, I just love the fact that, um, you know, there's so much to come and and again i say that i've said i started saying that but like uh dana de lorenzo's character mm. that and and uh you have that scene today where um you're giving uh you're you're giving lessons on how to help people through in their life mm-hmm. through impressions that's right that was although technically a a fictional piece is kind of came from part of your stand-up yes is is, is that you had that and so mm-hmm. uh, Talk a little bit about just like your part of your stand-up in the sense of just the the joking idea of like uh, with the success of all the impressions in my life, I noticed it, and so I've been sort of digging it apart and trying to trying to discover what is it about it that's fun and funny for people. Why are they interested in it? And I guess I stumbled on this idea of well, you know, if you do impressions, it can be good for you because you can change your point of view yeah. and uh, that kind of thing. So I, I took a look at that and I wrote that into the stand-up. And but it is true. I mean, I actually believe it. I, why I think it plays so well is that there is an ounce 
or more of truth in the fact that if you're fluid in your viewpoint, if you can change your Absolutely. mind easily, if you can adopt other people. Well, I, I mean, most arguments take place because I can't see your point of view. You know, yeah. you've explained it, but to hell with you, I can't see your point of view. Yeah. If you can develop the skill to see the other guys or anybody's point of view, I think it makes the world a happier place. Well, also, there's that idea of like fake it till you make it type of thing. That's right? right. I mean, like the whole idea of. Or, you know, if you're not happy, just pretend that you're happy yeah, and then right. you get happy. That's right. I mean, there's just all this mind over matter type Absolutely. of thing, right? I believe And that. I think that um, we took it to kind of a little, you know, uh, a, a nice little, uh, I don't know, I want to call it extreme level, but a very, uh, very matter fanciful. of fact. Yes. Yeah, matter of fact, fanciful level yeah. of the idea that, yeah, I'm just going to hold a, a class in my room, <laughs> my house, right. and people come over and Train teach people. people. To do this. Yeah. But uh, I do think that there's an element of truth to that. And when I watched your one-man show, I thought, okay, there, boom, that's something we can add. That's something we can add. And again, so all this stuff, even though the whole piece is fiction and is exaggerated and, you know, we can't, we're not going to claim that you uh, celebrities use impressionists to, to make phone calls or not. We won't say either way. <laughs> if when you're listening to NPR and you hear an interview, is it really the celebrity or not? How many? How often has Terry Gross really been interviewing? Yeah, we don't know. know. We don't know. But um, and don't you think too that any day now there's gonna someone's gonna invent an app that will do everything that Ross and I and Dana do? And no, that's never gonna happen. Take over. But yeah. you guys are too too brilliant. But again, that in that in the first episode, that idea came from Ross said that he was listening to I think it was Christian Bale even apologizing on a radio thing and and thought to himself and again it wasn't a, it wasn't a blow up it was a very nice apology and he just thought to himself like is this really them uh-huh. Ross initially asked is that really them and I just immediately <laughs> went okay that's an idea yeah. you know and I am just writing maybe down there ideas is. maybe there's a celebrity apology service well we are not going to say whether or not it is Michael Richards hi it's okay. Michael Richards okay. and I, I don't know what I was thinking I uh, for God's sake please Jerry okay forgive me so anyway, the, I don't know if those are really we I I I think that anything that could happen is happening. But that's just me personally, but yeah. but uh no, it's all these stories that are are in the show come from a little bit of truth, right? Mm-hmm. And it, and it, and we take it, you know, and then just kind of uh, lengthen it into something really fun and and hopefully entertaining. I hope so, too. Uh, it's 1030 tonight on Pop TV. Check it out. And now, uh, Ben, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned NPR before. Were you? Have you ever been interviewed by anybody on NPR? Oh, Does no. that happen yet? No. I mean, no? I, I met John Raby once. Well, that's KPCC. Okay, actually, yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't It count. comes out of the same hole in your car. Oh, no. Not... Uh, do you think I could? Do you I think, think I could? I th- yeah, I think so. Do you mean in fact, get someone I want to just bring... Well, I got, I've got him right, right, right over here. Hello there. Hey, this is um, Ben. This is Robert Siegel. Hello, Ben. I'm Robert Siegel. From all, uh, all things considered, I, 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 I don't know if you've listened to my program. I have. I have. You, you, That's wonderful. When I listen to you, mm-hmm. I, I have all of a sudden I'm connected to, uh, to smelling coffee. Because it's coffee oh, in the morning. that's a wonderful association. It's coffee yeah. in your voice. My voice and coffee. A lot of people say that. In fact, uh, the U-Band people contacted me just the other day. Let me ask you a question, oh. uh, Ben. You, you come from uh, sort of a showbiz family, don't you? Um, well... And I see. I feel like now that I'm talking to you, I have to, you have lower to be a my little voice. more, a little more intimate. Yes, because <laughs> yeah, people are having their coffee. <laughs> you don't want to. Yeah. You don't want to shock them into of spilling course. their coffee of on course. their yeah. shirt sleeve. Um, my my uncle Ron Shelton is a filmmaker. He's a writer director. He uh, he directed uh, Bull Durham and White Men Can't Jump and Tin Cup. Those are his 
most successful films. And White Men Can't Jump in a Tin Cup? I don't think I... Yeah. No, animated three, film? Three or? different movies. Oh, I see. But, um, but yeah, he's been a huge influence and a mentor to me growing up, and I got to visit a couple of his sets, and it's been wonderful. And then... Uh, but but his brothers, um, my dad is a musician uh, and an artist and a teacher, and my other uncle is a metal designer, and my other uncle's an architect, and my grandfather was a musician in World War II, and and so there's a lot of kind of artists around that I, I grew up with. But um, and you grew up in an artist colony, for want of a better well, word, okay. a sort of a hackneyed I, expression. I, I, I did, I did, yeah, we up did. There grow in up, Santa Barbara. I grew up Montecino. in Santa Barbara. I grew up in a, 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 a place that used to be called Camp Lore. For anyone that was in Santa Barbara, there was a it was a camp, it was a campground that uh, that ran from the 50s all the way through the 80s, and uh, it's a beautiful piece of land. And so we had like a a pool. Uh, but we didn't really have a big house, so we lived in the pool house. And when did you start, Ben? When did you start making movies? When did you? I made movies uh, in uh, in like seventh grade. I, I I started making short films for for class when they they had the opportunity of like, do you want to do you want to do a write a paper or make a movie? The choice was very clear. To and you. I I made a movie and I got a better grade than my paper. So since then, I like to say that my papers got worse and my movies got better. And now, back in those days, what were you using for camera? We you used, obviously we didn't used have a, Anthony Coons as your oh, DOP. Anth- I wish I had Anthony Coons, but he was uh, he was in elementary school. But uh, no, the uh, it was I, I love the fact I love remembering that we would film on like a VHS tape or a mini mini tape, and we'd put two. The way to edit was you take two VCRs and they'd be plugged into each other, and you'd play the footage from one VCR. And then you'd have the other one on record pause, and you'd press record if you wanted to get that, but there was like a second and a half delay. So instead of like cutting it frame by frame, I you'd be like, okay, that's the shot I want. So if I press record about, you could get, I, I, got, I got it down. It was like, it was like about a second and a half. If I press record a second and a half, then it'll, the final cut would be there. And we, and we'd make, we'd edit these entirely linearly so that you'd, you'd edit the whole film together and you couldn't, I mean, that was it. Like, if you messed up, you'd have to go back to the beginning and, and kind of... It was all or nothing sort of thing. It was all or nothing. And I made, a, uh, I made a bunch of short films for classes and school projects and stuff. But then my big project was um, uh, my high school uh, senior year, right after we graduated, I wrote a film called The Rub, as in I, There's, there's the, the Rub. rub from Shakespeare. Uh, the Shakespeare love movie. of Shakespeare. And it was, it was basically the, what, what is it, the, the popper and the... Piper and the what's the the popper and the prince and the popper prince and the popper the popper and the, the piper is another piper and the yeah that's something else <laughs> the prince and the popper right is about the whole idea that they're twins and they were separated, separated birth, birth yes. and one's a king and one's a, a peasant and I basically retold that with my own storyline at how there was a there was a, a king and a peasant king finds out about the peasant the peasant's gonna take over so the king orders a hit on the peasant but then the hit ends up coming back on him anyway we did it with like robes and like shakespearean like on our property we filmed like we we didn't film any of the actual buildings and we uh it was a 45 minute movie that i made in in when i was 18 and our whole budget was based uh was blown on my buddy who went down to Kinko's to make really nice scripts, and he like bound them with like a laminated cover, and that <laughs> and was like our entire budget. It's <laughs> <laughs> an important life lesson learned there. But my dad did the music, he did the score of the whole, the whole. 
thing. Honestly. Wonderful. So you, you know, you, you've got a large family, and uh, and as you said, many of them are artists. So you collaborate well with your family. So that sh- well, I, shows you've the, got the, a familiar a, sort of. Uh, those are your words. Those are your words. <laughs> I don't know if I collaborate. No, I mean my family is a wonderful. But your brother Josh. As my well. brother Josh, I've collaborated with many times. Uh, we wrote uh, the film "My Name Is Lisa" together, which is a dramatic film that got a lot of. Uh, attention on YouTube. It has over 3 million views and won a bunch of awards. It's a, a serious dramatic film about uh, um, a, woman, a girl who's dealing with her mother's Alzheimer's disease. Mm-hmm. And he also did the music to that. And and then for Impress Me, he came on as a producer and uh, and and kind of really helped the day-to-day and, and was a creative voice in my ear helping uh, with all sorts of different things. Um, and then my uncle Ron has just, you know, has been obviously entirely successful on his own and then therefore I someone that I just call at any point in time of saying hey look I'm dealing with this I'm dealing with that I have this idea and he always answers the phone and and has uh, some very good advice for me. So and what does Uncle Ron say about impress me? It's the it's the be- it's his favorite thing I've ever done. So it's pretty really? it's pretty it's pretty um pretty exciting to be able to to have something that uh, that really is enjoyed by a, a ton of people, and I'm I'm getting a lot of uh, great great response from from my friends and family about the show, so I'm excited. Well, we're all excited here at NPR, and uh, we're all going to watch it tonight. Uh, that's impress me, 10:30 p.m. Uh, Central Time. It's 9:30 earlier there, uh, but it's a wonderful show on Pop TV, which is a new channel, and yet uh, new and yet very potent. It, it used to be the TV Guide channel. So for com- anyone that is, is I, looking for TV I'm, I'm GN. I'm, I'm go- Goodbye, Robert. Thank okay. You. Boy, thank God he's... That was wonderful. Can you believe that suit he was wearing, though? What's that all about? He, well, yeah. He and the fact like a, no pants was interesting to no, us. No, <laughs> no pants. Well, it's going to be great. And uh, we'll do this again. We'll, we, we've got many more I'd like to. to I'd like about. to. I think, I mean, each episode, I think, deserves... Deserves a lot of attention. I'm, I'm glad we mm-hmm. kind of touched a little bit on on episode one. And maybe we of... can be lucky enough. I don't want to presume, but maybe we can get Ross Marquand well, to come on the podcast. I don't, but I don't know. His time is probably he, not yeah, his own. He doesn't. I don't have his phone number anymore. No, no. He has but, to uh, be concerned. I do think. I do think it would be great if we're able to continue. I think if people want to keep tuning in, uh, we can bring in a couple more people, and you know, depending on who, which week and who's available, to to kind of expand because I think there's so many people on this on this show that we keep saying and it expands it's a journey it's an it adventure expands. and a journey and expands it's wonderful I think I hope I hope people do respond and start telling us what they want to hear about stories backstories anything interesting at all backstories <laughs> no I didn't write any backstories <laughs> it is what it is we don't need no stinking backstories it is what it is well, hey, listen, thanks, everybody. Watch the show tonight. Impress me. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Thanks to Jeff Levin for the music. Thanks to you, Ben Shelton, for coming in. Absolutely. We'll see you next time. week. And uh, take care, you guys. Have a great week. 1030 on Pop. <laughs>